Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome to another edition of Student Ministry Matters. I'm your host, Ann Carson. We're thrilled that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue to share through this podcast. If our weekly dive into student ministry is being of use to you, please leave a rating and review. We'd love to know what you're thinking, and you can respond to us directly by reaching out to us at info at studentministrymatters.com. In addition, your review helps others find our podcast as we continue the process of helping student ministry workers invest in the next generation. On today's podcast, I'll be sharing an interview I had with Drew Klein and Larry Barker of the Healthy Church Podcast. These two lead pastors speak to the issues of the local church as they seek to find health and growth in their own context. These are good men that I'm proud to introduce to you. And today, they'll be sharing what it is they're looking for in a student pastor. Drew Klein has served churches around the country for over 30 years. The majority of his ministry has been in worship and in the creative arts. He became the lead pastor of Temple Baptist Church of Little Rock in October of 2016 and led the transition and replant of South City Church on Easter of 2017. He's been married to his wife, Lori, for over 26 years and has two little girls, Daisy Joe and Jovi May. He's led worship and taught at worship conferences at Willow Creek, Saddleback, and others. Drew was the lead singer of New Song in 2006 and 2007, where he was nominated for a Dove Award with The Christmas Hope. Larry Barker has been in full-time ministry for over 40 years. He and Shelby have been married for 42 He's been pastoring, planting churches, and being a missionary to Romania. He's worked with BMA Mission since 2005 and is presently the director of church planting and church health. He also has the privilege of pastoring Cornerstone Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Texas. He and Shelby are blessed with three grown children, one son-in-law, two daughters-in-law, and seven grandchildren. I know that you'll gain some wisdom today from what they have to share. Let's listen together. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks for joining me. Glad to be here. Well, guys, I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast today. These men are joining us. And as we continue the conversation about student ministry, Drew and Larry are the hosts of the Healthy Church Podcast. It's a ministry of the Baptist Missionary Association of America Missions Department and focuses on those things that help the church get healthy. If you haven't had a chance to listen yet, I encourage you to follow the link. It'll be in our show notes. And over the past several weeks, they've been doing their best to step us through the ups and downs of the COVID life. I found a lot of encouragement there, a lot of, a lot of good things, and I hope you'll, you'll take time to listen. Now, each time I record with my co-hosts, uh, Chris Vines and Micah Powell, we try to answer a random question of the week. It helps our listeners get to know us a little bit better. And one question and answer, though, isn't really enough to get to know someone. So I'm going to ask for three things that you might share with us that you wouldn't find in that normal bio. 
Uh, just a few weeks back, I learned that Terry Kimbrough, president of Central Baptist College, had said that he was a cowboy, that he wore cowboy boots and cowboy hats all before he came to to CBC, and then he wanted to be more professional. So I'm wondering what I'll find out about these guys today. Larry, let's start with you. Oh, wow. Three things. Uh, Well, I guess number one, I love to ride a motorcycle, and a lot of people don't know that. I uh, had a Harley until recently and uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, something Drew might find interesting, being a recording guy that has uh, had a music career. I actually cut an album way back in 1983, I think it was, or four, and did that to raise money for church planters in Illinois and Indiana. Yeah, sang those old those goodies but oldies back I then. I didn't know they had that technology back then. <laughs> well, that's the third thing. We are way ahead of our time, you know. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Wow. Drew, how about you? Man, I'm not sure I can come up with three. Um, and I'm not stealing this from Terry by any stretch either. But okay. I uh, actually love to ride horses. It is a passion I've had since I was a little kid. My My granddad was a mounted sheriff out here in this west west uh, little rock in the area called roland and so i ever since he was a uh, mounted sheriff with the full you know regalia and hat and the pearl handle pistol i've always just kind of idolized cowboys and love to ride so that's something i've, I've done a, you know a cattle drive rode 80 miles in seven days in wyoming and montana back about 10 years ago and i hope to do that again so take that, Terry Kimbrough. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I, I love horses, but I, I don't know. I'm, see, I'm trying to think of something other people might not know. I'm, I'm, I love to cook, do most of the cooking in the house, and I, I really love um, – my big thing now is smoking meat. Ah, yeah. Science of smoking meat. Every man should smoke how, how do you how do you light that? I'm just curious. I love it. I'm not saying I'm the best just yet. I'm learning my way through. But I bought a smoker a while back, and then, man, it's it's become a fun hobby of, of regulating the fire and temperature and cool. recipes and all the stuff that goes with it. But um, it's it's uh it's my Harley, Larry. I can't afford a uh, Harley. See? Uh, there you go. Well, my brother, it, he's always like that that whole world of smoking the meat. And so he and my buddies will sit at lunch back when we could do that sort of thing in a restaurant. And they would talk for hours on end about Mm -hmm. the wood and the temperature and all of those things. So, you know, one little thing that kind of connects me to Drew, um, Drew and I went to college together at Central Baptist College. Um, But the connection is a little bit deeper than that. Drew and my wife were in the same youth group at Temple Baptist Church in Little Rock. And, um, and his wife, Drew's wife, is the one who does the intro every week to Student Ministry Matters. And so when you hear that voice, you know that's Lori speaking, and she does just a wonderful job for us with that. Well, let's hop into the real meat of what we want to discuss today, healthy student ministries and healthy student ministry workers. Now, both of you have served in a variety of roles over the years and have worked on both sides of the youth worker and the pastor relationship. Uh, let's maybe just start there. Larry, I remember hearing once on your podcast that you've served as a youth pastor. What, what's your experience there? Yeah, my first uh, two roles was were serving as a youth pastor. And, uh, 
you know, it was uh, it was a great experience. I learned a lot uh, from the pastors that I had. It was also very challenging because probably my age and uh, uh, was a big part of it. But, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved working with kids, loved working with youth. Even in my first pastorate, even though I was pastor, I also ran the youth group uh, probably because of my age at that time and just loved pouring into teenagers and having the opportunity opportunity to love on them and uh, helping them grow, you know, so challenging, but uh, good times. How about you, Drew? Yeah, youth ministry is really where I began. I was, like you said, Temple and I were part of the Temple Baptist Church youth group, and our our uh, infamous youth pastor was Donnie Parrish. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, basically what I learned early on about being a youth pastor was from him, not saying that was all good stuff, you know. Uh, it was uh, it was a great experience. God really got a hold of my heart as a result of Donnie's ministry and and as a result of that youth group. And uh, so my first experience was uh, after I finished my freshman year uh, at CBC. I was 18 years old, turned to 18, went to work for uh, Landmark Baptist Church in England as sort of an intern. And just kind of did music and youth there. And that was my first taste of being a youth pastor. And I'm 18. I mean, I'm a kid myself. Don't have a clue as to what I'm doing, but I'm just doing what I saw Donnie do. I'm singing the songs he sang and telling the jokes he told and and uh, really just emulating, as Paul said, you know, f- follow me as I follow Christ. <laughs> yeah. I'm emulating Donnie and doing my best, uh, you know, Cajun impressions. And I don't know, I just... Uh, I just did what I knew to do, but God really blessed the ministry. We saw a lot of kids come to Jesus, and and I was pretty much a mess, uh, you know, in the middle of it. But but the Lord used it, and uh, and it was a really beautiful. I mean, it's just a few months, you know, three or four months uh, down in England, but it was an incredible time. And I'm still friends, Facebook friends, with a lot of the kids that that were saved through that group, and. It was a neat, neat uh, season. Went on from there to uh, later serve at Calvary Baptist Church, a church you might be familiar with, Dan, yeah. um, <laughs> that uh, is in Fayetteville. And that was my first full-time church, and I was a music and youth guy there as well. And and again, really kind of just working off the same information, just, just loving kids, playing with kids. I'm the youngest of four, and so I know what it's like to play around and have fun and play ball and, you know, um, make fun of each other and mess with each other and just be a friend to a kid. And, uh, you know, so I think the biggest thing for me in, in youth ministry was always just relational before it was uh, ministerial. But, but yeah, that's kind of where I served. I think it was on a um, youth lock-in at about 3 o'clock, maybe 3.15, 3.30 in the morning, that I said, you know what? I think God is calling me away from youth ministry. And uh, I don't want to do this anymore, Lord. <laughs> you can see fit for me to do something else. And um, so I, I haven't done real youth ministry like that in, in quite a while, but I but, uh, love kids. And I'm so grateful for people who have a true calling to serve children and, and students, especially junior high students. God bless you. Middle school and junior high. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, I wanted your perspective today as lead pastors. Uh, Too often, we'll simply have youth pastors speaking into other youth pastors' lives, and we can miss out on some of the important stuff that we need to embrace. And so I've got two big questions that we want to talk about uh, today that I wanted your perspective. You guys are the Healthy Church Podcast. And so this first question is this, how does a healthy or unhealthy student ministry impact 
the overall health of the church. Larry or Drew, whichever one wants to go first. Well, I would jump in and I would say, of course, it impacts it greatly, especially if they're not on the same page. There would be the unhealthy if they're going in different directions. I mean, if their uh, vision and uh, direction is not headed in the the same direction, there's eventually going to be some kind of collision or come to Jesus meeting. Mm. And so I would say bring somebody in that has a great passion and a heart, first of all, for Christ. Secondly, for that church and is in agreement with the overall vision. And then, but then the third thing I would say is I never... I never liked when I felt like I w- everybody was watching over my shoulder nonstop. Uh, so I, I, I like to give my staff and my youth pastor and the others around me, uh, if, if I know their heart and their love for God, then I'm going to give them a lot of uh, space uh, for them to fulfill that. And not that they always got to seek my permission, but... I do like the old uh, thing I was taught years ago. Just don't surprise me. Keep me informed. Keep me aware. Uh, you know, don't let me let don't let me find out and uh, and then kind of be shocked and oh, I didn't know about that because then I can look people in the eye and say, yeah, I knew they were doing that. Isn't that great? And then they know we're on the same page, headed in the same direction, uh, with the same biblical goals. Mm. That communication is so key. I think about the pastors that I've served with over the years, and they simply want to know. It comes down to knowing. They'll stand up for me if they will be there for me, but if they don't know what's happening, it's hard for them to do that. Exactly. Um, so, Drew, how about you? How, how does a healthy or unhealthy student ministry impact that overall health of a church? Well, you know, I think Larry really hit the nail on the head. I think there's got to be a, a clear understanding of, of the DNA of the church, how we see as a church, how do we see the family being discipled? This is a family conversation more than yeah. just the student ministry conversation. For too long, we have compartmentalized discipleship in the church to be, you know, um, youth ministry, children's ministry, men's ministry, women's It's like, no, it's it's got to really start in the home. I, I remember a, a, a dear friend or friend of mine told me one time that they really were frustrated that, that they, um, one of their children didn't really value the youth group and they didn't just didn't feel like they got the discipleship they needed. And I remember saying, well, you know, that's your job, not the youth pastor's job. Right. And it's like, huh? You know? And so I think, I think there has to be a clear, as Larry said, there has to be a clear understanding of what discipleship looks like in a church setting. What is the DNA of our, discipleship strategy as a church. And I honestly think it needs to be empowering the family, empowering mom and dad to be the main disciple makers and the youth pastor, children's worker, whatever the case may be, uh, volunteers, they come alongside the the ministry that the family is already, you know, doing. The the sad reality though, is a lot of families aren't making disciples. And so that leaves the the, uh, youth pastor kind of to the sole work uh, all by himself. And, uh, so yeah, I think it can uh, it can help or hurt for sure. I mean, um, you know, one of the famous phrases from uh, the church that I, I serve here uh, back in the day when it was Temple Baptist Church, 
uh, brother Richard Walters told my brother-in-law, Stephen Carroll, he said, you know, he said, I'm going to give you some rope. He said, you can, you can use it to wrangle some kids and, and get people in this ministry, or you can use it to hang yourself. But, uh, I'm going to give you some rope. So that's kind of the famous phrase from Brother Walters. But oh, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, I think I think it can bless a church tremendously. You know, we're at the, at the age that South City is, and the age of the people that are here. Our, our folks are younger mostly than uh, than junior high and high school age. We have some uh, kids that are that age, but for the most part, we have a larger children's ministry than anything else. Mm. We do have a, a youth worker and volunteer. Uh, Heidi Sorrells is is making disciples and and having great conversations, and she's doing just incredible work, love for kids. But I, you know, and so I think the fact that she does that and the fact that we have that available is a huge win for families that are looking for help in discipleship. But uh, yeah, I think if this also can go the other way as well, almost as quickly if you're not communicating, like you said, if you're not understanding the DNA and discipleship strategies and. Uh, yeah, I think it can it can definitely go either way. One of the things that I've learned over these past few years is a really a better understanding of this the silo mentality yes. of ministry. Yes. And man, if if we're not all on the same page, there's a big problem. Larry, you got something to add there? Yeah, I just loved where Drew went with that. And he and I have talked a lot about this. And I, and you went right where I was headed, Dan, mm. uh, from the standpoint of silos, because in our vision statement here at Cornerstone, we have said we not only want to be multi-ethnic and a lot of, but we want to be multi-generational. And what we yeah. mean by that is I want my kids and my seniors to worship together. I want my teenagers to see 70-year-olds lifting their hands and praising Jesus. I want them to see the grandpas and the grandmas in the altar weeping before God. But I also want that generation to see those younger ones worshiping. And, and so let's not silo. I mean, I've been a part of churches where a family would go to church and they wouldn't see each other for two more hours because they all went different directions doing different things. Things and never uh, to meet up again until the parking lot. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we. I think we need to be careful and realize they need to rub shoulders. I think we raised a generation that didn't even know how to talk to elderly people uh, and didn't know what to do when they saw them. And I don't think that's healthy. I, I wanted my kids to understand you open the door for them and you talk with them. And I got many compliments when my kids were 12 to 18 that they would come to me and they would say, man, we love talking to your kids. And I said, and I'd go, really? <laughs> and, and, I, and I said, why would you say that? And they would go, because they actually are willing to carry on a conversation with me. And I think sometimes we've created that unhealthy issue in the church. Mm. We didn't mean to. Nobody set out to do that. Well, but if we're not careful, um, we, as we grow in size, one of the things that I've seen or a lot of times, in, and I don't want to, as you say, knock those churches, but absolutely, you, as you have a very large church, you have a youth worship time and separate. And one of the most segregated hours of America is that maybe that 11 o'clock hour. I know that's not what everybody worships at, but, and we're not talking about race or culture. What we're talking about are ages. Yeah. And I know that there was a potential with my family, even um, at the the last church I was at, there was the potential that I might not worship with my family at all. 
if my kids were helping with children's church when they were in high school, or if they were involved in the nursery, if they were serving, Sunday nights we didn't worship as a body, Wednesday nights we didn't worship as a body. So I had to be very mindful of those things. Yes. Uh, because I wanted my kids, just like you, Larry, I wanted them to be able to talk to adults, to communicate. And now they do that. Now they're both ministry minded. They love seniors. They love uh, adults. Um, Some of the most impactful relationships that my daughter Kat had at Temple Baptist Church in in Rogers was with ladies that were 15 years my senior because they just loved on her and she talked with them. And and if you know my daughter, she can talk and she found some people that would listen. And that's, that's all it takes is listening. So, well, uh, I wanted, I wanted your perspective guys, because it is vital that student ministry workers, that our listeners understand what a pastor is thinking, you know, as a pastor, what are you looking for in a student ministry worker? Let's say you are a college student and you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to be getting out of college soon and I'm hoping to serve full time in a church as a student pastor. What are those pastors looking for? Or you are somebody who loves students and you are you you just want to volunteer at church, but well, what is the pastor really looking for? And I know you don't speak for every pastor out there, but our listeners need a better understanding of the pastor's mindset because we need to seek to invest in those full-time, part-time, bivocational volunteer student ministry workers. That's what we do as Student Ministry Matters. So if I aspire to work with students, what are some of those things that I need to be to lead a healthy student ministry in a healthy church? Yeah. Dan, I'll jump in here. Uh, I, uh, you know, several years ago, I was a part of a church outside of Houston in Kingwood. And uh, I had never seen a youth ministry that wasn't like, I always use the term like blowing and going. It it wasn't like the, uh, you know, the noise making, loud music, crazy, you know, fun youth ministry. It wasn't that at all. And I remember looking at it going, man, I can't believe they have any kids here. And they actually did. They had a, a good, a good size youth group, but the, the, the youth pastor, who's a dear, still a dear friend of mine, his focus was discipleship. It wasn't on, you know, and I think what's interesting is a youth ministry is really going to be a reflection, a small little microcosm of what the greater church's vision is for mm. discipleship. So if the big church is trying to do a big show on Sunday, then the youth ministry is probably going to do try a big show on Wednesday night or Friday night or whatever the case may be. If the big church is a disciple-making community, then the youth ministry is probably going to be a smaller microcosm of a disciple-making community. So what I'm looking for um, in people who love kids and want to serve with kids is I'm looking for disciple makers. I'm looking for people who love kids relationally. Uh, they're not awkward around kids and they make, they make discipleship fun. Yes. I'm not saying don't have fun and be silly and play loud music. Anybody that knows me knows I love all those things, but the focus is going to be on helping kids you know, become more like Christ. And uh, you know, sometimes we can, we can, do the I just came up in the youth ministry era of goofy songs and you know doing whatever it takes to make kids laugh and hopefully come back. And I think I'm I've kind of I feel like you know at least for our church and for me I'm I'm really kind of way over that. Like I'm not sure how which plates need to spin this week or next week in order for you to think that we're cool enough for you to come back. So instead, I'm just going to lift up the name of Jesus. and I'm going to ask our youth people to do the same, to build real relationships with kids. Because just as you were talking about Kat 
and how she connected with older ladies. I think that's what kids are looking for. They're looking for real relationships with people who love them. They're not superficial. Uh, they're genuine. And I, that's what I would be looking for in a youth pastor, somebody that can really connect relationally, honestly, vulnerably, um, not be perfect, but just love kids well, uh, have good emotional intelligence, um, emotional IQ, and then, you know, um, and then lead them to Jesus and teach them what that means and help me do that with my kids. Larry, what would you add to that? Uh, I'd say I'm actually looking for perfect. If I can't find perfect, why am I, why am I looking at all? No. You does a radio program, Larry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I loved, I loved what he said. You know, as leaders, and we're talking health, what people yeah. need to see more than anything else is we are deeply in love with Jesus. So when I'm looking for any staff, I'm looking for someone that you can tell they are walking with the Lord. And then I'm looking for humility. You know, someone that's humble, hasn't arrived, and that's in all of us also. But I'm looking for someone that's going to be loyal from the standpoint of, man, I'm here to glorify Christ and uplift the name of Jesus and, uh, and do that in the context of the vision and the overall direction of this church. And then the last one kind of ties to the other two. I'm looking for somebody that's teachable. You know, I've been doing this over 40 years, and guys, I'm learning every day. Somebody's speaking into my life and mentoring me either through a podcast or, or uh, through an online sermon or through mentoring me through a book I'm reading. And so those are the things I'm looking for. And then just want to disciple uh, in the way that Jesus called us to do it. As I, I think about what you guys have said, neither one said you want somebody who has all the answers. Um, you want somebody who is, who is humble, who is teachable, who is ready to go, okay, what's next? Let's follow Jesus. That's let's it. make some disciples. Absolutely. And that is, man, that's powerful stuff. You know, I, I talk with, with student, um, students who are in college that are looking ahead at being student ministers, student pastors, um, and they've gotten a lot of answers from school. And if we're not careful, we can go into those churches thinking, I've learned the latest and greatest and I'm ready to go. Uh, but I have, I've been humbled a lot over the years. And I just realized that uh, I just need to lean on Jesus and show students Jesus. Well, gentlemen, I just want to thank you for being with us today. You know, if someone's learn, wanting to learn more about the Activate program, and process that's about having a healthy church. What's the best way for them to do that, Larry? Uh, healthychurchpodcast.com. We also have Healthy Church uh, Podcast Facebook page, and they can email us at info at healthychurchpodcast.com. The Activate program is an initiative of the Baptist Missionary Association of America Missions Office that it's all about getting churches healthy. Um, but you don't have to be a BMA church. If you are listening to this and would like more information, be sure to reach out to that info at healthychurchpodcast.com. Uh, Larry and Miss Heidi that Drew mentioned will get you the information yes. that you are looking for. Uh, Drew, if someone wants to get in touch with you and learn more about the, the ministry of South City Church where you pastor there in Little Rock or about any of the other things that you've experienced or shared today, what's the best way for them to, to find you? Yeah, you can check out our website at southcity.org. And you can, of course, reach me 
uh, email is dcline at southcity.org. And uh, yeah, just shoot me an email and, and we'll hook up. Thanks for joining us today as we've continued the conversation about student ministry. I'm just so thankful for, for Larry and for Drew, uh, for God's blessing on their ministries and their families, and just to, to, for them to be a part of my life. I've known both of these gentlemen for many years. As I mentioned before, Drew and I had the chance to go to college together. I can't even remember when I first met Larry. I just know that he's been a part of, of our work and been such a faithful, powerful impact on so many lives. And I just thank God for both of you. Well, let me just tell you, keep striving to be the man or woman God has called you to be because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.